of uh, uh, Brighton this weekend, eh? You're going to be one of the faces down there, are you? What do you mean, going to be? Well, I am one of the faces. So what are we going to do about pills, then? Well, I mean, if we're going to Brighton, we're going to need bloody millions of them, aren't we? Bloody! I don't want to be the same as everybody else. That's why I'm a mod, see? you got to be somebody, ain't you? I don't give a monkey's ass what's about mods and rocks. There's always some cunt with stars and stripes on who wants to push you about. You're balmy, that's what you are. I'll tell you what's wrong with you. You're schizophrenic, that's what you are. I left home last night. I mean, nothing seems right apart from Brighton. I was a mud there, you know? Listen, one minute you're all right, next minute you're going bloody stupid. You can't even have a bit of the other without kicking your mate's head in for it. Look, I ain't mad, you know. What is wrong with you, then? Well, I don't know, it's just... It just it seems like everything's going backwards, that's all. Welcome to the second episode of the month for Waffle Line. Yes, you've had a bonus episode. Now you've got the bigger one. Cal, we're giving the bigger one. Woohoo! My name's Meds and this one here is Kelly. And what are we talking about? Quadrophenia. And what do we always do? Play some sort of theme tune. Which is? Can you see the real me? By The Who.
Now that was almost radio DJ. So welcome to the show. Welcome to Waffle On Podcast. And uh, yeah, as mentioned, you've uh, had a bonus episode about the MCM Comic Con. Hope you've listened to that. If not, go and listen to it. Um, we decided to do Quadrophenia this month because one, um, it's a classic film that we were kind of really important to us when we were younger. Yeah. Um, and after we've gone through, we're not going to go through the film because we don't do that anymore. But um, I got some stuff that I think watching it now and yeah. remembering what I was like when I was twenty. Uh, it, cha- uh, it does change, it, and it's like it's quite important. I, I think it's like we were saying when we were talking about this last week. It's the certain films that um, are sort of a rites of passage for our age group. Mm. Quadrophenia was one, wasn't it? And yeah. Scum was another one. Yeah, I know these things like, but you know, you think of your twenty-year-old boys, all you're interested in was looking at hot women and fighting in it. If yeah. you had them two and really good music in it, you were sorted. Mm-hmm. So basically, you had Quadrophenia. Scum, because everyone used to which, do... Which all... didn't have any nice women. No, no, no. <laughs> it had violence in it and some classic close quote. You know, it's a film we might do at some point in our life. It's Scum and The Firm. Yeah, then yeah. three films, you just quoted everywhere when we were young. Yeah. And I think if you're into indie music as well, like we sort of were, mm. it was like you watched Crudge of Fiend, didn't you? Yeah, Because yeah, you'd yeah. heard about mods. Grew up, everyone knew about the mods. Our parents talked about the mods, didn't they? Mm. They were everywhere. And it's like... When, and it was like... We used to watch this film all the while, didn't we? Oh, and yeah. I mean, oh, so much where I don't think I watched it for 15 years. No, it won't, because I mean, we, I bought it on re release yeah. video, yeah, which must have been made about 1991, something like that. I'd seen it on TV, I had it taped from TV. Um, and, and that was good, cool, as we found out. It was, yeah, it was good, yeah. And then we watched it to death. Oh, but, I mean, um, to death. Yeah, I mean, let's go. It used to be drinking in the house on yeah. a Saturday before you go out. Let's put Quadrophenia on. on. And that, that looks like we used to go to a club where they used to play, Northern play all the songs out of it, where all the people would be showing we are the mods at the end. Yeah. It was such a big film of that. We, we, must, we must have, I was, me and you had Parkers, you had long hair. I had, yeah, we I were the most Bob screwed up, hair. we were screwed up mods. Yeah, because, no, we was into, let's get this right. It's really hard to try and remember our timeline. It's now. a long time ago, but isn't we it? We were into Skate and Skate. Yeah, Flash Metal Grunge. And in between Grunge, I I got the you me and you got Parker. I had the Who written on the back of my yeah. Parker. But they're gonna have always been to Who since I was a young kid. Uh, yet the band photos we got, Woody's got his Primus T-shirt on, and we're wearing Parkers with Fred Perry's. Yeah. So that must have been a transition then from that, going to going to soul. Yeah, and we're into sixties and indie into stuff 60s then, weren't and indie it? stuff. And then we shaved all our hair off and then got into skateboard and stuff. So that went out But Quadrophenia was always something that stayed with us all the way all the I, way through. I think yeah, as we I think every young boy, you know, uh, really you know, understood Jimmy. Mm. No, because we always talk about this later on, but it's like, in, 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 you know, fitting in. Yeah. Everyone wants to fit in when you're young. You're obsessed, don't you think? You're obsessed with fitting in. As you get older, you, you sort of break away. And do, but when you to stand out when you're 20 is hard work because really you hard. don't want to stand out with your mates because you want to be with them. No. It's like a little gang, you know, you're a little gang. Even though you might not call yourself a gang, you are a little gang. You are a gang. If you, you know, you're, if you've got a group of mates, you're a gang. You stick up, you're a hang, you know, we all hung around with each other, with each other, every day, nearly every day of the week, and you especially yeah. every day of the week, and all night, and we went out together every weekend. Yeah. There was never that many girls involved. All we liked really was drinking. No, we're not into the fighting. No, no, we're never no, into no. that. But we liked the drinking and going out, dancing, yeah. and getting really wrecked and chasing girls, yeah. spending money on clothes. Well, that was our, that was our big. I remember us going from we had jobs going from from work 
buying loads of film, videos then, buy, going to like court clothing, buying some latest fashion, latest clothes. Yeah. Uh, well, for, what was the fashion for the, the music we were into? Yeah, yeah, getting all, uh, yeah. Spending shitloads of money on that, then going out and getting... Right, they're yeah, blowing your money everywhere. Blowing your money everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what we used to do. And you never think anything about it, did you? Happy day. Happy days, yeah, yeah. Because you weren't happy. And, that, you know, Jimmy Innes, he's very much like that. Yeah. He lives for the weekend, and he? mm. he's like, his uh, way of getting any, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, any kudos in the world, he's like being this face, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And, and he's, as the film is, well, as we go on, it's all fucking, it's all rubbish. In August. I mean, let's just talk, let's get the, the uh, credits out of the way. Um, it was directed by Frank Rodham. Um, now, Frank Rodham. No, I don't know him. I don't know him really. Wow. You're going to know him. All right. I mean, I tell you. Now, well, Francis George Rodham, on the 29th of April, Kev's birthday, 1946, in Lam, uh, in uh, Norton County, Durham. Uh, he's a screenwriter, film director, businessman, publisher, television producer. He's been active since 1969. He created Off Reader's Own Pet. What? But he's got his money, coaching from being the creator of MasterChef. Ka-ching! Ka-ching! I am one of the faces. He is <laughs> he really so is. when you when you watch MasterChef, America, Australia, God, South Africa, India, well, no. celebrity, it's all every single one says created by Frank Rodham. Pretty so hell. There you go. Um, so it's produced by uh, Roy Bird and Bill Kirbishley. Does Bill Kirbishley ring a name? Especially about? the name Kirbishley. Oh no no no! I know a footballer manager called Kirbishley. That's his brother. Oh, you know, in the scene in the restaurant where he throws a table through the window, yeah, that's that football manager who came and visited the set on the day. No way, who is that? Him? <laughs> I times I've saw that film as well. Yeah, so well, I'm looking that like that. Oh my god, uh, Bill Cobb was also the manager of the Who, hence the reason why he's, yeah, he's yeah, a producer. Yeah. Now, this film, um, you know, this came out in 1979, um, it very nearly didn't get made because of the sad death of Keith Moon. The studios wanted a new Who album. Obviously, they were devastated because they'd just lost the drummer. So everything else was going to go on hold. But it was Bill Curvishly who pulled it out and said, no, we are going to do it. We need to carry on. Hence the reason why it come along. Now, the, the main players in this, let's just go for the main ones and then I'll read you off some of the list of the other people because it's quite ironic the amount of people that are in this film who you know recognise, but at the time, you probably wouldn't do. Yeah, all right. The main character is, uh, is Jimmy Cooper, played by Phil Daniels. Do you know, weirdly, I could never remember his name's Cooper because yeah. he's never really... And you, you only get to know that it's in the court scene. Yeah. Yeah. And he was born William William Daniels on the 28th, 25th of October 1958. So during filming, he was 19 years old. You know, Bloody hell. Uh, in, from, he's he's brilliant in it, though, isn't he? He really is. I mean, he's been acting since uh, 1972. Um, well, again, he's in Firm as well. In Scum as well, isn't he? He's in Scum. He's in both, both versions of Scum. Uh, I oh. think he was also in maybe Meantime, though I can't yeah, say that yeah. for sure. But he was in all these early films. So actually, this is probably his second stroke, third film. And he was, and Phil Daniels, the film he did <clears throat> before this, he'd failed his, nearly failed his first audition because he was in Zulu Dawn and came from Africa, straight from there, and had a caught a disease in Africa. Oh, yeah, right. like a yellow tongue, yeah, he was yeah. vomiting, and he was too skinny and he nearly didn't get the vibe. Oh, yeah, he's a skinny bloke. Oh, yeah, he it. went back about a week later and got the vibe because he was like feeling better. Oh. So. I really like Zulu Dawn. It's really hate, but I really like it's it. It's only because people have exp- because yeah. of the fact that they all die because yeah. they did, and that's yeah. you know. Uh, Leslie Ash plays Steph. Leslie Ash born nineteenth of February nineteen sixty. So um, again, she was eighteen. In she's super high in this. She's, she's really very. Really Leslie Ash ran about this very very beautiful woman. Oh yeah 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 yeah. 
Philip Davis is Chalky, a very well-known British actor, uh, born 30th of July 1953. He was obviously one of the oldest ones, only in Grey's Essex. Um, he's obviously most well-known for lately being in the, the pilot episode for Sherlock. That's where a lot of probably younger people know him from, and also been in Being Human. Mark Wingett as Dave, uh, born uh, Mark Christopher Wingett on the 1st of January 1961 from Mountain Mowbray in Leicestershire. Um, he was the youngest in this uh, film. He was 17. 17! And he walked off set. Interesting story. Now, Mark Wingett, people, other people, British people, probably haven't been in the building. <laughs> um, Mark Wingett um, turned round and he was told to do something and he, he didn't lie away with So he said, I don't need this, I'm off. Like, you know, like the kids did. And Frank Wadden was thinking, how can I keep him here? Because we'd already shoot him, we'd already shot a load of films. He gave him one of his members, punk memorabilia. He had the T-shirt that Sid Vicious used, right, was war, when Johnny Ryan hit him on the head with an axe yeah. and Sid Vicious vomited on it and it was still covered in the, the vomit stains. Oh, that's amazing. And he gave it to him as a keepsake. Bloody hell, yeah, that, 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 that one, eh? You don't know if he's still going. Mark Wingham refuses to talk about it. Oh, no, I can't talk about that. So whether he sold it, he sold it. It'd be I worth a lot of money. It would be. It would be worth it. Uh, all the people who turn up in this film, um, he's obviously one of the most wanted. He's uh, Sting, who plays Ace Face. This was one of his first acting roles. Apparently, he couldn't dance for Toffee, which is the only reason why you see him shot from the waist up. I know he sort of does a weird yeah. dance with his arms, and he also it? can't ride his scooter. Can't he? No, if you watch him in the scooter, he keeps putting his feet on the ground. Bloody hell. That's why it's only a very short stuff. Sort of, really. That sort of makes sense with his character in the film, the way yeah, they yeah. think he's all super cool. Yeah. And he's not. And he's not. He's, he's a not. Boy. He's a fucking bow boy. Uh, uh, he's credited in this as Raymond Winstone, uh, who plays Kevin Herriot. Now, this is, as I said, this is the second film that uh, he's done with Phil Daniels, the first one being Scum. Uh, and and um, Frank Wadden turns around and says that he wanted to turn events around because the Who... Uh, originally thought he was going to do a film of Quadrophenia because Quadrophenia was based on the rock album by The Who and they thought he, he was going to what do What year like, was the album mate? Was it 73. And is he a mod in, he's a mod in that yeah, as well, is he? Yeah. He's a mod. It's set in 1963 so it's 10 years that's why it's like a 10 day anniversary yeah, yeah. album. But um, they thought he was going to do a Ken Russell on him and do like they did like the musical version of of Quadrophenia like Tommy is because Ken Russell I've never, I've never, never saw a musical version of I've it. seen it on stage what's it like, uh, what's it like? Yeah, it's alright I mean it's but it's a bit like what they they just have different singers come on it's not and there is a stage play which I haven't seen I think Phil Daniels did it as well right. but um, Frank Wadden man and Pete Townsend brought in this musical inserts of all classical music but the, the classical versions of the album thinking that he was going to use them and Frank Wadden turned around and said oh, I don't know how to tell him said, I just want to do a proper film and he told him and Pete Townsend put the tape back in his bag and says you go for it do whatever you want uh-huh. and he turned around and says I want it to revolve roles reversed it was, it's uh, got a f- full frontal male nudity with Ray Winston and Phil Daniels in the, ba- in the bath uh, scene in, in the bath scene so you see their little little peckers going on there yeah. uh, and also it's the woman taking control it's him chasing her not the other way around not her chasing him now in a film in 1978 especially set in 1963 that would never normally happen no, that's a good point actually but he was the first person to do that you know and thankfully the studios were not it other people in this film of course Toya Wilcox as Monkey Monkey very famous where was Toya Wilcox born? She's a, isn't she a local ass? She's a local ass. Isn't she, um, is it like Tipton or something like that? King's Heath. King's Heath? Yeah, uh, she's a real proper local Yeah, ass. yeah, yeah. She, she's incredible, she's. Obviously, she's, she was a real punk, a little cat peering at me there. Yeah. Um, she's a proper punk. Um, she got the role because she she was known as being a bit of an oddball at the time. And, um, and Roger Daltrey turned around and saw Toya uh, Toy Wilcox with her blonde hair. 
and says, God, she reminds me so much of my wife. And that's how she got the role. Yeah, because she's quite punky looking. She's quite punky. Yeah, she really is. She's like a monkey. She's sort of punky. She's kind she? of punky, yeah. And interestingly about Tor Walker, she was born with a curved spine, uh, a leg that was two inches short, and with a club foot. And so um, she had to kind of like train herself, get, do lots of physical exercise to get her back sorted out. So not many people know that about her. But she had a little bit of um, a problem after this film because she, obviously she's got a new audience. And she started to get a lot of people who are into mod music coming to her gig. Yeah, but of course, she punk, was still a punk. punk yeah, so yeah, she yeah. was singing like, it's a mystery of all these, uh, all these people coming. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me? Michael Elphick, of course, is uh, Jimmy's dad. Michael Elphick is most well known for playing... Boone. Boone. And being pissed. And being pissed. <laughs> no, no. You should laugh about because he was a really bad alcoholic, wasn't he? Really oh, bad. he really was. He's yeah. really good in this, though, isn't he? He's really oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I like his relationship with his dad in that. Because he's sort of... Really, is it like you get? What you just like it? When his dad smacks him on the top of the stairs, they end up having a proper dad son conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, and you look at Michael Elphick there. Why is your cat staring at me? It's that it wants to be on the podcast. He wants to be on the podcast. All oh, right, you, you knock that off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you're um, thinking. But he looks. He doesn't look any different from what he did from from that film onto Boone. Do you know what I mean? What are you doing? If, he, if everything if everything goes pear shaped now, it's because the cat's going to knock cat it all off. <laughs> okay. Uh, other people in this is P.H. Moriarty, who plays the barman in the Villains Club. Now, did you recognise him? Do you know, no, do you know, yeah, I, th- I think this is the weirdest part of the film, is that Villains Club. Yeah. Because he isn't related to him, but he lies that he is. So how yeah. does he know to get the drugs? I don't know. Does it's he, a weird say, bit in that. Does he say he's the uncle of... He that, says it, but he's Leslie not that. His but he's not, though, is no, he? No, he's not, no. So it's a weird little scene, that is. Yeah. But, that, that, but that, that barman, he later goes on to play uh, Hatchet Harry in Lockstock. Oh! There you go. That's, really, you good. that's really good fact. Uh, other person is Gary Holton, who plays the first aggressive rocker who knocks someone off a scooter. Oh, uh, the one who kicks... Yeah. yeah. What was Gary Holt in? Gary Holt? He what? played Wayne. In and the Pantone? And we, and we I didn't know that was him. Yeah, that was him. Uh, other person, of course, Sorry. was in his first ever full feature film, Timothy Spall. Uh, yeah, he's in the uh, cinema, he's, isn't he's he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, another one in this film, we saw him at Comic-Con, John Altman, who Wait. plays one of the mods. Oh, Nick Jed- Cotton. That was hilarious. He's selling T-shirts there. Selling Nick Cotton. Was it? Yeah. What is it? Cotton. He, was, he had T-shirts saying 100% Cotton. Even though we said he hated doing that. So he, he's realised now, this is it now, isn't it? Interesting thing, uh, would you like to know who was originally um, auditioned for the role of Jimmy? Uh, I know John Lydon was he one was of them. John Lydon. And I can sort of understand why, because yeah. he had that cocky skin. And he actually got the role, but the film company couldn't insure him. They oh, would, really? Nobody would insure him. I don't think he could have done the acting. You, you never know. Might have, you never know. On, Johnny Rotten's an act. Yeah, yeah. So he could well have done. But no, the, insur- the people couldn't insure him. Couldn't get the money because he'd spent all this time... Acting as Johnny Ryan, spitting on yeah, the crowd, yeah. telling everyone to fuck off. Yeah, all this yeah. stuff. If you look at it, it's like, we're not going to insure you. You have no, no. ability. Yeah. Why, why would we do yeah. that? So it worked out well in the end, though, didn't it? So it worked oh, out absolutely. Uh, it's distributed by The Who Films and released on the 14th of September 1979 in Toronto, 1st and 2nd of November 1979. It runs for two hours. It had a budget of two million. And it made 14 million. Which is a big deal for British films then. Oh, yeah. And I like to think about this film. This film was so influential because there's no doubt how big this is. Like I said, I'm not sure if you've got a release in America. I don't know, or Europe. But then this film came out at the time. I've read loads of stuff about this. It was serious. There was rioting, weren't they, in the mm. cinema? 
And it started after Mad Revival, didn't it? Well, That's did... how big it was. But loads of people said he didn't, no, did he? No, didn't, he didn't start after Mad Revival. It was just lucky. It was a bit of luck that it came out. It was released in 79. So, did you say 79 or 78, sorry? I was to say 79, yeah. Which was when the jam started to come out. Yeah, the, the jam was sick at the fair and, and it was all just, It was just luck. It Brilliant. Was, uh, Frank Wallington, I said, I said uh, you know, it, and that helped boost the film. It only got a limited release to start off with because it just, you know, th- there wasn't yet that kind of upstart. It was also, it's a very bleak film. There's no oh. question about the bleakness of the film because it is about It's somebody, a kitchen sink drama, isn't it? Oh, it, is, it is. And because it's, it's, it's called quadrophenia for a reason because quadrophenia means you have four personalities and and... It really is classed in the film as being schizophrenic. Uh, yeah, right? he's, no, he's mentally ill. He's mentally yeah. ill, isn't he? Possibly bipolar yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But would you say he's quadrophenic, isn't he? Because obviously the concept album of The Who being quadrophenic is the well, four personalities yeah, yeah. of well, you think, The yeah, Who. Well, you think yeah. about you've got his family life, yeah. haven't you? You've got his family life, his mob life, mm. his work life, yeah. and then at the end you've got his real lot, his, his actual real yeah, because that's what a lot of this film is about, isn't it? That uh, you, know, you know, I don't have to have a spoiler because we're not doing things. No, 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 no. But you've got the stuff with Ray Winston mm. that really touching over the edge, and Ray Winston really his only true friend in it. His only yeah. friend yeah. is a rocker, and the muds, his so-called friend, shits on him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. shags his missus. Yeah. Right, don't care. No. He, you know, he could stop Ray Whitten being beat up and he doesn't, does he? Well, All he goes, he goes, because Jimmy, doesn't he? Because yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy. And, and, Jimmy and he, runs, and he just going, runs off, doesn't he? Well, he does take says, leave him alone, leave him alone. But he can't handle it, can he? No. He because, I mean, it, it's funny with this film. Because, as, as like I said at the beginning of the podcast, watching it now and then looking back about how old you were. And also what Frank Wadden turns around and says, because the key ingredients about this film is the fact it's about a working class lad and that's what it's all yeah. about it's it's one of the only films possibly The Commitments is the only other yeah. one in which it's about a working class bloke and a working class bunch of mates and when you look at it you, a bit like what we say like the in-betweeners you can see the stages of things that happen in that film which is bound to have happened to everybody else where it's happened yeah. to us and all this kind of stuff. He's very much like an everyman character in this, isn't oh, he? Absolutely. But he's also the really incredibly unhappy because like that bit where he meets his mate, he meets Ray Winston's character and he meets him, he comes in his, down his garden path and he helps him fix his bike and he goes, well, it's not about, it's not about that, is it? It's about being someone and stuff like that. And he's been, con- not condescending, but contradicting what he's just said earlier on because... Ray Winston character says, he, I, don't not, care. I don't care. Because look, I wear, the, I wear the gear because it goes with the boy. Because if he comes on one of them things, he's going to hurt himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has got the rocky bitty hair and stuff like that, but he doesn't follow the But it's not the bit when they meet in the bath, when they're first having a go at each other oh, in yeah. the bath, and he's singing, and they're like trying to out sing each other. Mm. Well, Papalula, she's my baby. Papalula, I don't need me. Oi, will you leave that out, please? Do what? Uh, don't sing all that old rubbish, eh? That ain't rubbish, pal. That's Gene Vincent, all right? Yes, I said old rubbish. Well, why don't you just turn over and do a few underwater farts, eh? Why don't you just fuck off? Yeah, fuck off. Well, Pippa she's my baby. Da 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 do. Da 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 do. Me, baby. You really got me now. You got me so much. I don't know what I'm doing. Really got me. 
Yeah, you really got me now. You got the shadows, you bet not. You really got me. And you've got, and they're like hating it, but they're singing basically the same music. He's singing Bebop Balula, yeah. and he's like offended, and he's like start singing, You really got me? Yeah. You took the kinks, wanted to be black Americans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know, and, and that's and, the weird thing. They're, they're the same, aren't the they? The Who, they're one of their biggest posters they got is Maximum and R and B. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, there's. there's and I think that, yeah, there's that. A, I always thought with this film that a lot of mods always took this too much that it's. Saying how great they were, he isn't. No, he isn't. He isn't. No. You're all the same. Yeah. You're all got the same likes: bikes, girls, clothes, mm. fighting, fucking yeah. right. And there's a bit in the, there's a film in the film because when you've got the party and as the party dies down, uh, Jimmy pops his head in. And he goes, "Well, what are you doing? What do you think I'm doing?" There's literally everybody in the room's having sex, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's going, "Go on, my son, yeah, get yeah. in there." Yeah, later he's on, he's Brighton, lonely at that point. Like, no, yeah. But later on, when they're in Brighton. And um, Chalky and the other one goes and hides in that, that underground warehouse. And they realise they're with a load of rockers and they say, oh yeah, it's, it's disgusting. They're in there shagging his bird. But that's what they were doing early on. So it's so hypocrisy going on. Oh yeah. But you see that in every genre of, um, of, of teen, not teen, but you, when you're in a gone gang, you hate other music because you're into your grunge or you hate we went, because We've done it all. We've done it all. You do. And, and, and it's when like, people do it when they're older you've got to worry. Well, that's that's just what just, I, said. Yeah, I that's don't mind young people because you're young and that's what this is, you know, it's in, that as we'll talk about the end mm. so much, won't we? Right? Yeah, no, yeah. It's in casting off that really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That, talk you know, about it, that at the end though. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, you know it should be you versus everyone else. Mm. You know, the, you know, the government's love all kids, young working class fighting amongst each other yeah, yeah, because yeah. they don't get together and think, well, why we want more than this? Mm. Because they, they've all got crap jobs, isn't they? They've all got crap jobs. Yeah. His mate, well, he's a bin man and he's seen it's the highest one in it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'll get yeah. a job on the bins. Exactly, yeah. Well, I mean, this is the whole thing as well, that like what you said, the older you get, really, the more you should start thinking about the fact, actually, there's a, there's a whole load of music out there you should appreciate not just one kind of genre, not just being stuck in the 60s or the 70s or the or, 80s or something. Or even just modern. Yeah, yeah, you've, got, you've got to open yourself up yeah. to different genres. And if you don't like it, you don't like it, but don't be of closed off. Because when you are young, you are closed off, but that's something that you learn as you go on. But as you say, like we, we, when you turn around and get you a job on the bins, there's an interesting thing about the making of this where Frank Rodham turned around and said that he, he got all of them together before filming to hang out as friends, to go out as friends, oh, to right. go out drinking. There's some, you can there's tell. Some, and you can it's tell. It's like rumpus dumper like, like that. Then that's how you can always tell, can't you? Can tell. And it's exactly like that. And they said, come up with your own stories. Come up with what makes you feel unhappy and everything. And Mark Wingett turned around. He couldn't decide. Bear in mind, he's only 17 at this Bloody point. Bloody 17. He turned around and said that. You know, Leslie Ash's boyfriend in it, right? He's supposed to be a bit older. He said that what he did was that in his head, he turned around and goes, you might be the bigger now, but I, he knows I'm harder than him. Yeah. And by next year, I'm going to do him. 
And that's why them two never really go towards each other. They stay away. Yeah. And that's because he brought that into his character. Oh, Even when he goes up to him and starts saying about stuff, that's, that's, that's why he's got that kind of hard edge. And when you look at them, he's the one who stands out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of all of them. We don't get, and they got the, what, the idiot guy. He goes, oh, I might bring a gun with me. Yeah. You know, the one who gets battered by yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, is there anything in the film that, I mean, is there any specific scenes that really stand out? Well, that, well do you know, because why we've got to talk about this now, look, we must have watched it growing up. We had a bit of a lethal weapon moment, didn't we, like we had yeah, on yeah, track, yeah. right? I remember first seeing a video, we'd like, I don't know these scenes. Because <laughs> they were cut out. The kind of yeah. scenes were cut out. Like you said, the robbery of the, of the chemist was cut out. Which yeah. is so so silly, that bit is. You couldn't do that now. It's got alarms. Yeah. They're just walking, don't they? Right? right through the back window, don't yeah. they? Still the violence the was cut out because it is, you know, sort of gets forgotten. It's quite violent. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not noise violence. It's mob violence, yeah. isn't it? Everyone piling on one bloke. Kicking kick one bloke. In kicking there, one yeah. bloke. Throwing him over the bloody side. Yeah. And this, and if you, you know, if you're in the Americas, listeners, this is real. Yeah, this happened. This stuff went on, this did every weekend for about, not for it only, it was only a few years. Well, I think it was, it, I don't know, I think it was only a year. I think it was just like several times in a couple, maybe a couple of years. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure it's set in 63, because I don't think my generation had come out. I think the Who was still the high numbers at this point. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're 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 on the soundtrack, aren't they? Yeah, 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 like yeah. I said, I love that. I, I like the, the, the chemist scene a lot. My favourite scene is him on the, on the train off his tits oh, when, he's know, going, when he's going mental. I think putting on the eyeliner. Yeah, I think what we'll do now, we'll play a little bit of the song from that. That's uh, an amazing bit, isn't which it? Is, which is 5.15 by The Who.
that is mad because there's it's the bit where that person opens the door it's the passion he's, he's, he's just staring he's just staring at he's doing loads of pills and he's, he's doing, doing loads of, of pills he's doing loods of blues and I put my makeup on doing that now blues are like uh obviously a helper that's what that song's about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so bothered stone so it's so. kind of sort of like you know it gets you up and going but you can tell that he's so screwed at this point because he's, he's, he's resigned from his job his mate shagged his bird yeah. um, as to quote to quote the actual line of it um because obviously he, they got together in that alleyway, which is now you can still go that alleyway, but they've had to put a different door. People have sex in there. And he's still constantly uh, being graffitied. Uh, Will the mods, people have been on there, but, but you can have your photograph taken down there. It's all filmed in Brighton and in London. And all yeah. Oh, if it was there, I'd go and have a look. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, he, he says the happiest he's ever been. Is was it that? When he was in Brighton and fighting, uh, it's not. And then when he saw the, he was locked up with the fa- with the face, yeah, yeah, the ice face. But then when he sees the ice face being a bellboy, his whole world, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even 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 his so called greatest experience, and he's in Brighton, he's on his own. Yeah. He gets thrown out the club because he's trying to out dance the fact because she's yeah. obsessed with seeing him dance yeah. with his nice flash suit. He does a stage dive. Gets thrown out. It's a bloody good stage. Yeah. Though, and then he's on his own again. Yeah. Walking around on his own. And I like that. Really love that scene when he's just walking around of the night. And he's sitting there. And there's like them people on the scooters driving around this. Around the oh, circle. I love that little bit. That it's like it's sort of a magical moment. It is. It's kind of like very, almost slightly hippie-ish. Yeah, think, yeah. But I mean, the mo- the scooters in that are uh, so beautiful. Beautiful. Like I know a load of people are saying they're not sixties ones. You can tell some of some of them are. Some of them are. Because a lot of a real there's lots of real mods in this, well, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, Phil Daniels turned around and said that um, they they obviously the mod scene was was building. There's still a load of sixties guys there, and uh, there was like people leaving their wives for the weekend, coming down, doing the shot because it's so authentic. And even the fight scenes, the fight were, scene, which is. were which were choreographed by stuntmen. They had what well, they had the problem with those because at that point some of them were used to bouncing on something and flying backwards and all that. Now obviously you didn't want that on a beach scene. So what it did was that's why every time they set this fight scene, if you notice every time there's a fight, there's a loads of people running past. Yeah, I wonder what that is. So you never actually see them hitting each other because ah. you see them running past. Well, but that's sort of good though because it's. You know, fights are not organised things like that. No, 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 it's no, all no. people running round and yeah. trying to get away. And kicking someone on the down. And that's and the reality of that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. sock of violence. Relatively, is kicking someone on the floor, a group of blokes. And that's what's horrible about mob violence. He also said as well, Frank Wontervain said that during the scene in Brighton, where it's the police first of all, said that he's still in the to him and said, Frank, we can't use this. And he goes, what do you mean we can't use it? And he goes, because the extras, uh, the paid extras with the policemen, there's the lark and I can see him laughing on film you know this is a bit of fun because at that point in the late 70s the British film industry was shit oh no it was nearly crumbling weren't it yeah he was full of the old guard who were just turning up because they're going to get a bit of lunch yeah 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 the ones who weren't the paid extras e.g. the mods and the rockers were taking it seriously you know they're told what to do so Frank Modern went down he goes cut we've got to reset reset it all went to the mods turned around and said you see these jokers here, these are being paid for this, right? They're taking a piss out of you. They're thinking this is a bit of fun. And he goes, I want you to hit them. Uh-huh. Go in there and shoot them, properly shoot them. Because I, I don't know why I said it, I have no idea. And that's what I did. That's why when you see him tackling them, saw the policeman looking proper styled. Yeah, because he whacks the one's cap off yeah. his finger, doesn't he? looks proper styled, and that's the reason why. To get the realism of it all. He went absolutely mad, apparently, as well. That, oh, it's uh, a great Royce. Yeah. It's a great well, Royce. He wanted proper locations, and he found Brighton. He said, right, I want 24 locations. You guys, location guys, get yourself. He came round about two days later. They got two. I said, what's going on? He goes, oh, they're not really up for it. And he said, he, goes, he went in the office, screamed at them. He said, one bloke took his jacket off to fight him. And he went at him. He goes, I'll fucking do you in right now. I want them. And they got him sorted out. Yeah. Because they were just so lacklustre. 
Who's didn't care? He was like clocking at seven, go home at four, that's and that was the British film industry. And Stephen Toast, to- isn't it? Yeah. That's what that's all about, that's isn't it? Yeah. They, these old things who think they've got the God-given right to be adored by mm. people, and things were changing. You know, punk had just happened. Yeah. Young people coming into filming. People wanted a lot more visceral film because, like I said, the, the you know the fights in on the beach. It, like I said, it's not that big. There's a fight in a cafe. It's it's horrible. It is horrible. It's yeah, really yeah. violent, that, and that was always cut as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and also the bits where you see him just smashing shop windows. If you notice, there's a shop window where there's like a fortune teller in the window, and that knew not Hipster, and that was a mistake by them because what they did was they said to the actress, they said, "Right, what we're going to do? The guy in the red leather jacket, the red leather jacket, he's going to pick up this brick. He's going to throw it through the window. So as soon as you see him pick that up." You move and he'll go for it. She was looking at the wrong person. Bloody hell. There's two people with leather jackets on. If you look, she's looking, and as it goes for the wind, she just misses it. Didn't get hurt at all, yeah. but it was so close to that. But then that's the realism. Oh, no, because you just think someone's going to be a bedlam in that. When it's, it is. It's like, bloody hell. The, you know, this is a right with loads of kids, with loads of kids, right? You can't do much about it. Now, before this film, was you a fan of the album, or did you hear the film first? It was the film. I, I remember watching it when I was about. It was on TV late when I was stepping up on a Friday night, and it was on, mm. and I didn't know anything about it. Right. I knew mods because mum and dad had talked about being mods and that when they were younger, because mm. mum and dad were sort of right age for it, and um, and then and then I remember saying, "Well, you are you always going on about that album?" Mm. I never really put the put the two together until I started listening to it myself. Yeah, yeah. And but the thing is, I like the soundtrack better than the. Because the soundtrack's different than the album. I love the soundtrack. Only, I love few, the soundtrack. Yeah, there's only a few songs that are from... Um, I mean, I don't think... Love, I love Rain On Me, isn't it? I don't think Bay On Me is it. But the album, the, the, the original rock album of it, uh, I suppose you could call it a concept album, I guess, from The Who is, is a is beautiful album. It is a concept album, album isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, it's like, it's like Dr. Jimmy and Mr. Jim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimmy, yeah. And it, it is a cracking album. But I've got the soundtrack as well. I've got it on vinyl. That's great. Um, and it is so good. It's, it's got, got the high numbers on there. there. Zoop set. Oh, that's yeah. great. It's, it's got it, Green Onions on there. Uh, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, which is an amazing bit of that it's film, It's a really good it? bit. Yeah, it really, it's a cracking album. It really is. And as I said, like, I, I think watching the film back, it just goes to show how... It's quite sad, actually, because you kind of think... I mean, we, we, me and you, never do look back, pack, sorry, past we roast, roast into Oh, no, I hate we, that. We really don't. Nostalgia, do right? What does nostalgia mean? It's something's dead. Yeah. It's dead, it's gone. Yeah, you yeah. shouldn't look back like it's alive. Yeah. You shouldn't. Uh, it's like, I, I look, I watch that and I remember what I was like in the early 90s. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I had a cracking time in part. Oh. But I was also very lonely. And, and, we you know, what? Right. You want to talk, right? And I said, we spent all time to get back, right? Yeah. For about. So we're about, I'd say, 18 to 24, mm. right? A long time, and let's be honest about it. By the end of it, we were sick of the bloody sights of each other, weren't we? We wanted female company. I'm not just talking that way, but that way. But <laughs> it's not that, it's just you're just sick of each other. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like every right, every Saturday, where are we, we didn't even have to say what time we were meeting, yeah. what time, what we, where's it going to be? We knew where we'd be, trucking here around seven o'clock. Yeah. Then you're thinking, oh no, you're going to get through this night, and it's gonna be, I'm going to get home and wake up depressed because I spent all my money and lonely, yeah. waking up on my own yeah. every week. Going to the same place. And, and me being a being, me being a, a pub man, then the thought of having to go to a nightclub was just sort of like I don't I don't want to go, but I've got to go because one of my mates are going. Two, this is my scene that I'm in, oh, and I've got to be seen to be. You can't go home. No, you can't you, you're not because, to do, well, also yeah. then because of fact, if you want to go to a club to try and meet a girl who's into the same kind of music as you, you've got to go. go. Home. And then you feel you're putting on an act because you're there. And I remember actually two of the best nights I had going out were the nights I just turned around and went. 
I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm just going to go there. And yeah. I, I had a beer and I was watching everyone dance and had both nights I pulled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I said, but that's and what like I did. I met two girlfriends oh. doing that when, and that was in, uh, in Subway City and that was in the Institute. The two nights I turned around and went, I just want to go, enjoy myself. I'm not going to chat anyone. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy myself. And both those but that's guys what That's why I think people really identify with Jimmy because if you're yeah. young... You, you can't be yourself. No. It's in there, yeah. but you ain't got enough confidence yet to bring oh, it out. Hence the song, Can You See The Real Me? Yeah. And can you see the real me? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so important, that is, because and it's not until later on you get older and you start knowing people who are into different music, who are into different films, who are into different TV, who are, who are not the same sexuality as you, you know. And I mean, and I mean not women, but I also mean not the, not the same. They might be gay, they might be whatever. Mm-hmm. And you meet all these people, and they've all got more interesting stuff. There's nothing worse than being closed off. I think the the mud, I think mud is especially like that though. That's what I don't like about the mud scene because we've got a friend, um, our mate Bamba, you know, he loves all the mud world, but he doesn't just like a mud. He does these mud nights and what they'll do, they'll walk around and take pictures of you. So they walk past him and just took the camera around with him to the next bloke. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and Bamba went to the bloke. He didn't know, he said, you're not a mud. He said, I love all the music. Yeah. I bet I've got more records than you lot all have. Oh, yeah, and he has. And this is it. Yeah, and this is what's wrong. Yeah. Why can't I wear a dungaree? Dungaree? I'm not going to have it. No, no, no. Dungaree. But why couldn't I wear dungarees and bloody Doc Martins and go to a mud night? Why yeah. not? Yeah. It's the music. But no, it's not. And it becomes... Yeah. And that's what Jimmy re- starts realising. It's about everything else mm. than... Friendship and it's yeah. about just having the best clothes. I mean, that's you see that the ridiculousness of that and 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 Bamba's always Bamba has always stood out of being himself, isn't it? There's no question about it. He is oh, what yes. he is. There's only one Bam. There's only one Bam. But then again, look at us now. There's only one of us like me. There's only one me, one you, one Woody, one of But there's that kind of thing though, where it's almost like saying if you've got long hair and you rock, really like rock, you're not allowed to what, like classical music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's sort of like, I mean, I, I found that really weird not long ago where I can't remember who I was talking to. It might be someone at work, or it might be somebody out of bed, who was really surprised that I really like classical and I like jazz. And I thought, well, I, I thought you'd like metal. I said, well, I do, I love metal. But yeah. I also really like jazz. Yeah, you, know, you, you shouldn't be based on what you look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when you see someone who's like literally like a bookworm, you find out that they're into garage. You should be able to like everything. Yeah. We that without that part of our cultural we're in that yeah, so We're in that part of the culture, right, that you can dip in and out. It's better now. I hope people go, Oh, it's so much better when we're young with you. No, it ain't. Right. The best time for music is now. Yeah. I can go on my iPod and download every kind of genre, the best of it, and listen to it, and not just stick to one kind of music, yeah. which does no one any good. That's like a bloody Brexit UKIP thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's draw the drawbridge back and not have anything else. Yeah. Well, no. And Jimmy starts... And when, you know, let's talk a bit about the ending, because okay. the, the ending's quite important, because like, a load of people get the ending wrong. And we did when we were first kids. Yeah, you think, oh, we drive. He goes up. He nicks Ace's scooter. Yeah. He sums up even his key works on it. Was supposed to be the true. Well, he, do, he does go through different keys. Though, and does I find think key it's true. Isn't it? I, I think, think you could true. do that. Yeah, you can yeah. nick it with any key. Yeah. yeah. And he gets his scooter. And you think, you know, what's he doing with this? Where's he going to do with his scooter? Because he saw Ace. And he runs. He goes to the White Cliffs of Dover. Yeah. Meant to beat your head. Beat your head. And. And what happens is, the, he's like going and you're thinking, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it. And he, the camera pans away and you see the scoot and it finishes. Yeah. But it doesn't, because no. you see him walk off, don't you? But no. I never knew. No, you don't. No, you don't see him at the end. 
at the beginning of the film. That's it. You see him at the beginning and of the whole thing. Yeah. And you, but I think that is he's saying, I'm leaving all this to Iron Man. Yeah. And that is, that is exactly what happens because Frank Wadham says that and so does uh, Phil Daniels. Yeah, it's gone in it. Now, the interesting thing about that is, one, you see how dangerously close he used to that cliff when he's riding along it. Oh, oh, that's the first shot they filmed. Bloody hell. It was those first shots they filmed. Everything. That one is nerve-wracking. It's a rider yeah. scooter. Like well, they, they got taught, the main cast got taught to ride a scooter in Hendon Police Station by a, a police officer. Oh, right. So they could learn how to balance. That's why they ride those bikes. So, really, really so, well. Jimmy also, does. And also really fall good, off. Yeah, so yeah. Well, it's, not, it's not easy to fall off a bike at the end no. of that purposely. But when you watch at the beginning, so the film opens with the end and you see him walk off. Now, I, what I was watching, which I never, because I kind of had an idea that he doesn't die, but I think it's a little bit left open for you to interpret. Yeah, that. yeah, it is, but it is. I was watching, seeing, and on a bigger TV, you can see what clothes he's wearing, and he's wearing the clothes that he is when, he, when oh, he's seen by the bike. So it's clearly the end. So it's clearly that ending. And basically what he's doing, he's he's wiping his life away from from being a mud, and he starts afresh. And Frank Rudden reckons that if he was to go back and see what he's doing now, he would have become an advertising executive. Ah, no. Right. No, that's this what, that's what Frank Rudden says. So, but... Going back to the end bit, when you watch that, is there anything you notice about the scooter going off? No, this is this is only something that you you might not have noticed it. No, no, no. There's two takes in this blended into one. Oh, is that? When you, you see this, because what, what? what happened was when they launched the scooter off, Frank Rodham's in the helicopter. It just misses the helicopter because huh? they got the they got the timings wrong. When you see the scooter go off, if you look closely, the side panel falls off automatically. That's because it's already hit the ground and I took it back up there and did it again. When you see it falling, it's the proper scooter from the first take. And then as it hits the ground, when it goes, it's cut, it then lands and it's facing a different direction. So they use the second take, first take, First take. Oh, I'm going to watch that bit again. I'm going to later. So that's because <laughs> apparently it looked even better on the, on the first take of the explosion. But it looked better on the... No, the first thing was it falling off, but it was a better launch. Uh, no, it's, it's a great last scene, oh, it really. Yeah, it's so is. British. Oh, yeah, it really is. Yeah, so dark. It's such yeah, a dark. dark. Now, it gets interesting now, because that's yeah. it. You think, oh, is this it? But, <laughs> supposedly, this is happening. So I think it is happening, but we don't know about this. Well, it's not, it's not got um, approval from The Who. Yeah. Well, it's supposedly going to be a sequel. Yeah. Which really doesn't make any sense. Do you think this is a bit of a jumping on the bandwagon of... Because the yeah the mud thing still yeah that's mud still quite big isn't it? Mm. But I th- it doesn't make any sense because if you know if the ending if he was he wouldn't be hanging around him anymore. Well the thing is though is that the film is so nearly old forty well. years old. Yeah, right? I mean it's thirty eight years old at Tom's recording. So say say forty, which means it'd have to be set in two thousand and three. So it's just after the millennium. What was going on in 2003? What really happened in the noughties, really? We no, had, it was pretty dull. I suppose, it was a dull... Oh, I suppose we had pop... But even Britpop was really nineties. Britpop was 97, 98. Yeah, yeah, so I don't, not much. Oh. It was a pretty dull... Spice Girls. Spice Girls. No, and, and they're going to be 65. What's yeah. the point? You know, do, or, is it, or would they do a set around a reunion and all that? I, I think the know, only like, way they could... leave it alone. The only way they could do it is if you had new actors... Playing the same roles and have it a but couple of years later. Like yeah, and even then, that don't make sense because the mud, when it was really big, was only around for a couple of years. Yeah. Everyone moved on, become hippies, was big, or skinheads, become mm. skinheads, and whatever. So we got hippies, you know, hippies. It all changed. I, um, I, I own no, that. It's also what you said. It's also been done in This Is England. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, they're going through the generations. And I don't think that works anyway. 
it was, it was I didn't just see how gi- you could move. It was like, just a gimmick. You know, people don't like that. Most people have one thing, they stick with it, yeah. and then they give it up because they become older and get life. Yeah, yeah. Right? Things change. Things they? change. That's so, um, so that's that's the film, really. I think it's a real, definitely, a, it's definitely a class film. It is a classic film. A shadow of a doubt. I'd always like to see what people in America are making it because I don't even, like I said, Ooh. I know most people in Britain will like this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can sit and everyone, I've never met anyone and go, oh, I didn't think much of that. No. Everyone likes this film, right? Can I, can I just bring up something before I forget? Is how wonderful Phil Daniels is at acting in this film because he's, he, especially the bit when he's get, his scooter gets hit by the post office truck and, and he's crying on the side. Interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah. about that. It's a stuntman. It's, there's a stuntman playing the postman. Never acted before. And they threw him in on that. They Was said, it? oh, just, just do what you can. So his reactions are to Phil Daniels. Because he's still improvising. He's improvising all oh, that. that's really good, isn't that? It's so good. That's when you know he's sort of going a bit weird. He's going like, well, yeah, because he's sort of like our man Leslie Ash's character with Steph. Because uh, he calls her a slag. Yeah, yeah. she just won't acknowledge him. And again, that's a role's reversal kind of thing to say, yeah, he's the weaker one on that aspect. But he's acting in that. He's so, cause she's so feel for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look what you've done. Even yeah, though the bloke, he's trying to be nice to him. He's trying to be nice to him. I'll help him. He just says, he's, fuck off. Yeah, he's just, he's just, he's just, he just can't deal with anything, can he? Like, no. he's having a break. I think in re- the real world, he probably had a breakdown around about he that Because about him doing that much speed, he's not going to be good for him. doing that much speed. It's very much like a Sid Barrett thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's doing all these kind of drugs. He's having a massive, the girl he loves has left him, well, he's, he's betrayed by his mate, by his, his mate. mate's cuffed off his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's, he's resigned from his job because, like, he thinks his boss is a twat. And he sees his boss on the train. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And everything just, just falls apart. Now, as the film's quadrophenic, just to end on, it's supposed to be, I think, I don't know if this is true, so I'm guessing this. Because the, the, on the album cover of The Who, the, the four mirrors, you see the four faces of The Who members. Yeah, yeah. So, can you name the different personalities of Jimmy as a member of The Who? Oh, Who's? that's interesting. Oh... You threw that one at me there. Yeah, I love no, to think sorry. about that. Can you have you thought, have you thought I about have, it? Yeah. Go on, okay, so the um, the violent one, I think, is Pete Tanner. Pete Tanner because he's violent because uh, he's smashing the guitar. The fun-loving manic one is Keith Moon. The passionate one, the one who's in love, Roger Daltrey. Roger Daltrey, yeah. And the normal one, the one at the end, the one who you see walk away and being. Like kind of like the straight one, stoic and yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's only my guess. That's quite interesting. That's only my yeah, yeah. Really. So. Oh no, it is. It's just a guy. It's like talking about it again. You want to watch it again? Like, yeah, oh, you oh, could do. I mean, that's, that's did you realise how much you enjoy? You really enjoy oh, watching? I really did enjoy. It. I think Nally enjoyed it because I don't think my wife had seen it before. And, uh, and and then I was talking to her about scum. I was saying that, and she goes, "Well, how come I've never seen scum?" Well, yeah. because it is a horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah, film. we will do it though. I think, I it, think we, we will. will. But my God, I tell great you, film. We'll do that next year when we're in a really happy mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to do that in a bad mood. No, no, no. So there, there's Quadrophenia available by DVD, and if you search for it, you can get the one I got, the two D version. Yeah, we've got extra, extra shoes alone. Even though you can't see it, beautiful documentary Frank Wadham. Really good, and 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 then a now documentary. I mean, you know, I love that guy. Ah, really good. So Christmas is round the corner, jingle bells and all that. Get your tree up, get your presents out. Everyone loves a mistletoe. Yeah. Cal, what Christmas film, festive joy are we doing? From Russia with love. Anyway, we are. Uh, it's not Christmas though, is it? It is for us. Because, and why is it Christmassy? Because it used to be on every Christmas. Hoo-ha. And basically, we went through all the other Christmas films and we just thought <laughs> the shit. They it's are. Not, not, we don't like Christmas. We've, we've done the Christmas films yeah. we like. And when we were kids, it don't make no difference to kids now, but 
Christmas was about watching the Bond film on Christmas Day. Because they were never on in the year. Not like they are now. Occasional bank holiday. Yeah, yeah. Not like they are now. They're on our TV4 on bloody loop. On loop. So we're going to do it. And, you know, I'm a big... My favourite Bonds of the 60s. And, you know, this is the great Bond film, isn't it? It's one of the best Bond films. Yeah, you know what I mean? If you're going to give somebody who never saw a Bond before, this will be the Bond film. It would be. It's actually my all-time favourite Bond film. Yeah, I love it. We might be joined with regular guest host Pete Carlin. We just got to see about work commitments. Uh, but Cal, let's not end there, my friend. No, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 because we've got a juicy, we've got a, we've got an extra. We've got an extra, we've got an extra Rob K email. Hey! Now, I do apologise for the language I'm going to use in this. <laughs> so if you've got children, please do send them away. And as usual, I've not, re- I've read a little bit of it, but I've not read yeah. all of it. So we're going to end on a Rob K. <laughs> Hello, Waffles. How is your and Mad Dog face face? I hopes you had had a good month. I find out Gypsy ex-girlfriend baby was born with two heads because the baby father is her cousin. I take dog out and an old man comes to ask if I wanks his dog for him for five pounds as he is too old to do it. I think he means walks and to do it. Might do it to help towards crisp crispness. I get to new jobs, working in a biscuit factory, putting biscuit in boxes. It's good as I get to eat all biscuits. I want to put some in pockets to take home from my mum. Means my pickets always full of crumbs though, and I smell a biscuit. I want to send Kelly Man some custard creams. Oh, I love them. Can you send me his address, Waffles? <laughs> Your face. <laughs> I the biscuits, <laughs> but nothing else. <laughs> I wouldn't, don't. <laughs> don't do it. I goes upstairs at works, and there are a girl a few stairs in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> her bum was <laughs> her bum was right in front of me face and she's very pretty girl with nice bum but then she farts right in my face <laughs> my fault mucky bitch <laughs> it smells of digestive biscuits <laughs> I goes to Harry Potter's world with Goosey Insects Pete and my, 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 Insect my, Pete man I want to meet Insect Pete <laughs> brilliant man and my brother Colin and I goes as one but <laughs> I goes as one Weasley as I loves him. He has ginger hairs like dog face. We ride the broomsticks and had brilliant times. Goosey wants to be Quidditch player now, but he's too fat and not magic enough. <laughs> when he gets home, I had my favourite mum made road in the hole and then I eat her best pussy. I love <laughs> it. What? Um, see you soon, Waffles, for Christmas party. I bring biscuits and beer. Rob. Yeah, there are two things that we do like quite a lot. We do love our biscuits, don't we? And we love hence our, hence yeah, the yeah. reason why in the press lounge <laughs> we ate an awful lot of their bourbon biscuits. <laughs> love a bourbon. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and the slightly uh, the slightly manic um, coconut style bourbon, which is yeah, that was a bit weird. That was just a bit left. I'm sure people don't know weird about that biscuit it, podcast. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Coming, it's coming. Uh, so that's it. Then we'll see you in uh, a month's time for our Christmas episode. Yeah, hopefully, it'll be released. The week before Christmas, because nothing worse than a Christmas thing coming after. No, Christmas, no, 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 no. Um, so if you want to contribute to who from Russian we love or any other Bond uh, information, yeah, because we're bound to talk about Bond in general. You know, we will. Yeah, we are. Because so. as you know, we don't go, we don't dissect the film anymore. We just nah. talk about it and what it means for us. And that's it then. All information is coming from our good friend Jen, whose lovely Texan voice will be coming to you over the airways now. Uh, that's all for me. Cheerio. <laughs>
If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the Internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Mettings and Mark C. Kelly. Be seeing you.